Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Va'era. Tavshin Pei Dalid, as we are into the Makos. Parshas Va'era, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu has come back to Mitzrayim, and the process of Geula has started. We have the Dalad Lashonos of Geula, and uh, so much in this uh, in this Parsha. So let's uh, start off with one uh, Alderach Drush uh, in Mayana Torah, which uh, many of the thoughts... In Mayana Shel Torah, Al Derech Drush, but you have it there at source number one. He quotes from the Sefer Shar Bas Rabin, which uh, at the beginning of the parsha, Hashem says to Moshe, um, I, "I am Hashem, Ani Hashem, Va'erel Avram Al Yisrael Al Yaakov Bekel Shakai." Hashem says to Moshe, "I appeared to the Avos with the name of Hashem, Bekel Shakai, Ushmi Hashem Lo Nodati Lehem, but Shmi Yudke Vavke Lo Nodati Lehem." Right, what is uh, he trying to say? What is Hashem trying to say? That, you know, the Avos, the Avos didn't complain. The Avos didn't complain. And Rashi quotes the phrase, Chaval al da'avdin velo mishtachin. Even though they didn't uh, have all of the nevuos <coughs> fulfilled, but they didn't complain. That's what you have at the beginning of source number one. Chaval al da'avdin velo mishtachin. Woe, literally, what does that mean? Woe to the one that those that are lost, and literally they are not found. But he does a story. Again, it's a somewhat of a humorous story. It's not pshat, but uh, it gets a message across. There was a big city. And in the big city, there weren't too many learned fellows. And there were many Ame Haaretz, not B'nai Torah. But Bikshu Limnos, Gaon Gadol, Batur Rav Gilasam. They wanted to get a big rabbi to be the rabbi of their shul, even though they, they weren't such great lamdanim. He's parabafanav, and they said, you know what? The Taz is buried in our city. The Mamagin Avram, Rabbi Kivager, they're all buried in our little town. This is an amazing uh, center. You should want to be the rabbi here. He's like, okay. Uh, and it becomes clear, though, that that wasn't true. They made it up. The Taz was buried in Lemberg. The Magad Avram in Kalish. Or became Eger in Posen. So what are you talking about? That they're uh, they're buried here. They're not buried here. Panel Rashiakal v'shalotam. Lo merimisa mosi. Why'd you trick me? Heshivalo Rebbe. Lo riminu atchakaviker. We didn't. We didn't. We we didn't trick you. In Lemberg, the Taz is buried. No, they learn Taz every day in Lemberg. So he's not dead. He's not buried there. He's very much alive. As the Pasuk says, the Gemara quotes, in college they learned the Mugan Ephraim. In Posen, they learned him all day. That was his, that was his Rabbanus. So, they're not buried there. Here, they're all buried. Here, they're all buried. Right? Nobody's studying their words. Uh, in this place. So that's why we, you know, we might have like tricked you a little bit, but what we said, we meant. So he says here, maybe that's Chaval al Da'avdin. Woe, woe to those who, after they pass on, they're lost. And they don't leave anything for the next generation to discuss. The hashpa that they have. Chaval al Eilu she'ovdim ba'ofan kazeh. She'ba'asehem, divrehem, v'rayon osehem, nesherem lo hemshech. And they're not found. Not shachach. In terms of, uh, um, um, you know, they, they, they can't be found. That they're, that, that's an ultimate aveda. Right? What we have to try to do in our lives is to try to have such a hashpah on our children, on our neighbors, on, stu- on, on Klai Yisrael. 
that it has a hashpa, that we're never buried. And David Melech Yisrael Chayvakayim, Moshe is alive, and the Rambam's alive, and and any safer on the shelf that is used, right? Sifsosa Dovos Bekever, they are not alive, and that's uh, alluded to in Chaval Da'avdin Velo Mishdachin. Okay, so Hashem says to Moshe, Ani Hashem Voera El Avraham. So if you look in the pasuk, the first pasuk in the parsha, it switches from Vayedaber to Vayomer. Vayedaber Elokim El Moshe, Vayedaber Elav Ani Hashem. So ask the Ber Yosef why the switch. We know Vayedaber is usually a lashon kasha, a lashon of a harsh way of talking. Dibur is lashon kasha, while Amira is a softer lashon. Hitchel Akasuv. Ask the Ber Yosef, Ber Yosef is salant. Hitchel Akasuv lashon Dibur Shu Kasha, Dibur which is a hard lashon. Ube Elokim and also what else is switched? Vayedaber to Vayomer and Elokim which is Midas Hadin. To Yudkei Vavke, which is Midas Rachamim. So a harsher verb, a harsher Lashon is used with Elohim, which fits. It's fit that those two go together. And then Vayomer, which is a softer Lashon on Yashem, which is a softer name, so to speak. But what changed? of Siyam, so it starts off with Elohim, Shubidas Adin. of Siyam, Balashon Amira, Shehi Racha. Ubishem Havaya, Shehi Midas Rachamim. So what happened? What changed from the, what, what, um, transferred HaKadosh Baruch Hu from Midas Hadin to Midas HaRachman? The Efsher Lomar Bazeod. I have a suggestion, says the Ber Yosef. Shahadibur Akashim Midas Hadin, Hainu, Machadibur HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Moshe, Mishpat, Al Shehikshol Adaber Velomar. What did Moshe say at the end of last week's parsha? Lomar Reozalamazeh. Why do you send me? It's gotten worse. So Hashem was very upset about that. Why are you complaining for? It's part of the process. Oso hadibur ba'atzmo. That rebuke itself, that tochacha itself that Hashem was saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, that itself changed itself to Midas Arachamim. How? How did it change to the Midah of Compassion? Mishum, line 12. Sha'al yidei ha-mishpat, shadibur ha-kadosh baruch Moshe, through the mishpat, that Hashem was talking to Moshe very strictly, what did he say? The Avos weren't like this. But all of a sudden, Hashem says the word, the Avos, oh, the Avos. Avraham, Yitzchak, Ya'oh. And all of a sudden, he softens up. And all of a sudden, just by mentioning the Avos, even though it was in the context of Tochacha, that already softened up HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and this Chus Avos that we have, from Midas, Hara, from Midas Hadin to Midas Harachamim. Mishum. Shal Yedeya Mishpat. Shedibar HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Moshe. Through the Mishpat. The harshness. The strictness that Hashem spoke. Nisorer mitoch zeh godel zchus ha'avos. Lizkarez brisam v'ligolas Yisrael. Through mentioning the Avos. That Hashem was going to compare. But still. That itself. That itself, and Rashi quotes the Rashi that we just mentioned, Right, I'm, I'm complaining about the Avos. Many times I appeared to them. They didn't ask me my name. They had so many kashas. They had so many difficulties. When I promised Avram the land, and then at the end of his life, he wanted to bury Sarah. And this land that I promised him that he's going to have Larko Larachma, he couldn't even get a, a little piece of dirt to bury his wife. 
until he spent all his money. And they filled up the wells. All of them. They were never maharer. And you, Lama Top left. Through the rebuke that Hashem gave to Moshe, this itself brought up a certain love and yearning and connection in God when he spoke about the Avos. And that's what is Vaidabra Lakim El Moshe. The Elokim, the Midas Adin spoke to Moshe. What, what, Vayeda, and all of a sudden they switched. Because through the Tochacha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu became softened up, so, so to speak. Umatzinu, next paragraph, Arechan Moel, Haskars Chosovos, just the mention. Just the mention. Right? Maybe that's why also he doesn't say it, but that's why also whenever we start Shmon Esrei, right, we invoke the Avos to kind of soften up HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we say, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yisrael, Elokei Yaakov, all of a sudden, Hashem is a little softer. Like we've mentioned, you play a little Jewish geography, and you mention somebody that the other person really likes, all of a sudden they like you. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, what can I do for you? So we say to Hashem, Avraham, Yisrael, Yaakov, yet I'm from them. I'm from, that's my family. So we soften Hashem up. But it happened every day in the base of Mikdash. Remember the base of Megdash, Afilu Kishamaskirin Chevron. Well, they wanted to know if it got light, if it was light enough to do the Avod in the base of Megdash. So the Mishnah Yuma says, did it get light? Yeah. Even the Chevron? Why they mention Chevron for? And the Gemara there says, why? Because the Yushalmi says there, and Rashi quotes it, it's the schus of those who are buried in Hebron. And just saying the word Hebron already, uh, brings up in his misoer, kochos harachamim. Vikalshikain, line 20. Not just mentioning Hebron, but beyond that, just mentioning something is ma'orer rachamim. Ma'orer rachamim, uh, in Hagadish Baruch. And then he even ends off by quoting a Gemara. In Meseches Chagiga, you know, after the whole Gemara with Acher and those three that were Nichnas Bapardes, the Gemara says the following story. There's only two or three stories like this in all of Shas. One of the Amorah finds Elio and asks, you know, what's Hashem doing now? That's not such a common question. I guess when you meet Elio, that's a good question to ask. But Rabba Barshila asks Elio, my Ka'avid HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what's Hashem up to? He's learning over the shitas of all of the rabbis of Chazal. But not Rabbi Meir. He's not quoting anything that Rabbi Meir said. Why not? Rabbi Meir was one of the Gdole Olam. The Gemara even says that the other Tanoim couldn't even understand Rabbi Meir. Because he learns from Acher. Interesting, we're not going to get to that topic right now. But there was some sort of stain. He learned from Acher, Elisha ben Avuya, who, you know, might not have been the greatest of teachers. But what do you mean? He learned from Acher, but he only took the Torah from Acher. He only took the seeds. He didn't take the peel. He threw away the peel. The part that was, that was her- heretical. Amar 
all of a sudden Eliyahu Navi says, oh, now Hashem is saying things in the name of Rabbi Meir. What switched? What happened? All of a sudden, Hashtakamar, Meir bin Yomar Chulu, Anu Roim, what do you see from there? Just mentioning something to HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings us chus. Could bring us chus. You say some type of defense, some type of wonderful mida, then all of a sudden, it could change from Nintarachimim. When we talk positively about somebody, right? The Gemara tell, the Shochan tells us that when you give a hesped, you have to be careful what you say, right? Kashem Shenefroin Min, just like Hashem is going to give judgment on those who are getting eulogized, so to those who give the eulogies. The Gemara says, <coughs> you, the Shukhanar says, you can lick <coughs> a drop, sorry, I have a little cough, a drop exaggeration. A little bit. A little bit. Maybe that's Mo'orachimim for the person also. Again, there are explanations given, but this is the Ber Yosef. What changed from the first half of the Pasuk to the second half of the Pasuk? Okay. Now something very special. Rabbi Lamb, in his Drasha Lodoros, titles this article, All the World's a Wedding. All the World's a Wedding. So that's basically a Gemara. There's a Gemara in Erevid, he quotes on the first line of the article, on page two. Shmuel tells Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda was his Talmud, Chatof ve'echol, chatof ve'ishti, da'alma da'azlinon minei, you better eat and drink now, because if not, this this world's like a wedding. This world's like a wedding. So what exactly does that mean? That this world is like a wedding. So one shot might mean that ready quotes from Rashi and other Mafarshim, he was saying that, you know, life is short. You know, 120 years goes by very quickly. You have a wedding, you prepare for months and months, and the dress and the caterer and the photographer and the invitation, everything, everything, and then all of a sudden the wedding's boom! It's here, it's done, it's over. The wedding is so fast compared to all the preparations, the months of preparations. And then as people are leaving the wedding at the end, you're like, it's over, it's done. Life is like a wedding. So that's one idea. That's one idea. But maybe there's another idea, says Rabbi Lamb. He quotes another Hasidic interpretation of this Talmudic dictum. He says, now if you have it there, at a wedding, <coughs> there is much going on. Food is eaten, drink is imbibed, cigars are smoked. Maybe when this was written, right? What year was this? 1964. Okay, 1964. I'll take that out this year. Uh, toasts are exchanged. There's dancing to music, camaraderie, posing for photographers, there's so much going on, drinking and dancing and schmoozing, a great deal of motion and activity. However, all of this is meaningful only if there is a chasen and kala. Imagine if the chasen didn't show up and everybody's partying and drinking and dancing, at, but there's no chasen and there's no chuppah. The, the whole thing Right? If there should be no hariat, if there should be no act of marriage, then all the rest makes no sense. What are you doing? Why are you, why are you here enjoying the smorgasbord? Right? There's no wedding. Right? What are you dancing for? It is a matter of going through grotesque, empty notions. The guests have come in vain. Eating is gluttony. Camaraderie is irrelevant. Vakulu. 
if you don't have the Hare'at Mekudeshesli at the wedding, then everything going on at the wedding is in vain. So too, said this Hasidic interpretation, Rabbi Lamb says, so too with life itself. We're involved in so many things in life. Diverse activities, work, make money, spend, socialize, families, groups, everything. Does it all make sense? We're involved in 20 different things. You know what? If at the root of our life is Hare Atmukudeshesli, that it all makes sense. And everything is an expansion of that. If we are conscious of the ultimate purpose of the goal, then that purpose unifies all our deeds and gives them meaning and inspiration. Without that purpose, our actions are incoherent, dull, and insignificant. What's the Hariyamukudeshesli? What is it? We're married to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every morning, every man, when he puts on his tefillin, as he wraps the tefillin on his fingers, he says, Ve'erastichli lo'olam, ve'erastichli betzedek, erisin, marriage. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu married us. He's the chassan, we are the kala. And he quotes the words of Hosea, Ve'erastichli, I betroth you, the wedding of God and Israel, the intensely close and loyal relationship that finds its fulfillment through the Torah, the Chulu. And that's... And that's what we have to recognize. We could do so many things in life, but at root, at root, and he talks about how modern society is now in 1964 and how communication and everything and transportation, (coughs) if there is no God, no Torah, no mitzvos, then everything we've accomplished, everything is for naught. Nothing makes sense unless we have the Hariyam Mukudeshesli at at root. At root. And then he talks about, right, this is only in 1964, 16 years after the state of Israel was born. He says, and the state of Israel also. We need to inject as much religion as we can and as much Torah and as much spirituality to our homeland. We have to make sure that it is full of that. But then he says, continuation, what is this doing in it's a beautiful vart. It's a great, what I like to call, back pocket vart Torah. You could always use it. But what does it have to do with Parshas Va'era? <coughs> so, maybe we could remember this for the Haggadah Shir. Right? The beginning of the Parsha, we know we have the Arba Lashonos of Geula. The four Lashonos of Geula, Votsesi, right? The fourth, fourth Pasuk of the Parsha. L'chein emor levdei Yisrael. Ani Hashem. I will take you out. I will save you. I will redeem you. And I will take you. But lakachti also has another meaning. We know when he quotes this from the Kleyakar, lakachti is, we know, the source for marriage. In the Torah is kiikach, kiikach ish isha, when a man takes a woman. That's the final stage of geula, when Hashem ultimately maimed our Sinai, He gives us the Torah. We come into Eretz Yisrael, so vilakach that's veivesi, but vilakachti is the marriage. Same lashon says that's what we have to recognize. Vilakachti that's harei at mukudeshes li. Hashem married us. 
ultimately, the destiny is for us to be together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And that's why he says, even in Halacha, there can't be a... Between the first and second cup, second and third cup, you could drink something if you want. You can be mafsik. Third and fourth cup, no afsekim. Because unless everything is connected to the Vilakachti, so then nothing else makes sense. And none of the other, none of the other drinking is, um, is, is appropriate. And that's what, uh, Rabbi Lamb says. We have to recognize that our life, everything in our life has to have Hariyam Kudashisli. Life is like a wedding. Life is like a wedding. Okay. Moving right along. <coughs> so Moshe says to Hashem, after being told, go to Paro, Moshe says, Bo Paro Melech Moshe says, what do you mean? Pasuk Yud Beis. Hein B'nei Yisrael lo shamu elai. B'nei Yisrael won't listen to me. Ve'eich Yishmo'eni Paro va'ani aras v'asayim. How's Paro going to listen to me? B'nei Yisrael don't listen to me. Paro will not listen to me. Says Rashi, Ze'echad me'asara Kalin v'chamurin shebatora. This is one of the ten kalvachomers in the Torah. If B'nai Yisrael don't listen to me, then surely Paro won't listen to me. So ask the Sari Alafim, ask Rabbi Tversky in his Sefer, what kind of kalvachomer is that? If B'nai Yisrael won't listen, then Paro won't listen. Why don't B'nai Yisrael listen? What did the Pasuk say? Mikotzer ruach kasha. Because they're suffering. B'nai Yisrael are not going to be able to think straight and listen because they're suffering. What does that have to do with Paro? Paro's on top of the world. If Paro is shown and asked and maybe even shown signs, why is that a Kalvachomer from B'nai Yisrael? Right? If it's about belief in God, okay, but this is not about belief in God. Right? The Pasuk Tupsukim earlier just said, Moshe, Ruach, Kasha. Right? So what's the Kalvachomer to Paro? He wasn't suffering from Kotzer Ruach and Avodah Kasha. So the Sari Alafim notes, and this is uh, especially appropriate because here tonight is the first night of Shvat, is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. So the Sari Alafim wonders, is there a connection between what we're about to say to answer this question and Shvat? And Shvat. So he quotes, and maybe the Machlokas about Rosh Chodesh Li'ilanos, Rosh Hashanah Li'ilanos, Beishamai saying it's the first day, Rosh Chodesh, while Beis Hillel says it is the 15th day, two Bishvat, two weeks from now. See, so he quotes a Gemara in Yavamis. And this is a classic, seems to be, sorry, Alafim, who we've gotten to know. Classic drush. Amazing putting things together. Whoever does not have a wife. Shari below simcha, below bracha, below tova. Says the Gemara, a person is not whole unless, and they don't, if they, if they're not, they don't have a spouse, so they don't have simcha, bracha, and tova. What are those three? Says the Sari Alafim, those three symbolize three bases of every Jewish household. Every Jewish household has to have Simcha, Bracha, and Tova. What are those three things? V'yef Shalomar, left side. Shechazam alam dimosan b'mamazeh. Chazal are teaching us. Shlosha yisodos asher b'yem tali binyin b'yis nema b'yisrael. Three yisodos that are the basis. For building a bias nama. Number one, Hayasoda Rishanu Simcha. Simcha happiness. What does that mean? Simcha Vahahislavus. Bikiyamatorava mitzvis. 
excitement for mitzvahs, on fire to do mitzvahs. Simcha, it's not an ol, it's not a burden. It shouldn't be a burden, like somebody's forcing me. Somebody's forcing me to go to shul. Somebody's forcing me to do Shabbos. No! We should recognize the privilege. We could serve Hashem. If we have that attitude, that's mashpi on the whole family. On children, on cousins, the whole family. Simcha means serving Hashem as if it's a privilege, excited about it, and that it shouldn't be an all. That's message number one, the basis for a Jewish home, what we need. Number two, that's Simcha. That's Simcha. Number two, next page. Yisod Hasheni, Shalabayis HaYehudi Hu Bracha. What's Bracha? Bracha means overflowing. Right, bracha, a brecha is a pool, overflowing. Tahainu aratzon va'pa'ula lahashpia al acherim. Ulevarechosam mimashachanu Hashem Yisbarach. I have a bracha, I want to share it. I want to influence others. I'm not just for myself, I'm for those around me. My eye, my eye doesn't only include me. My eye is expanded. Bain baruchnius. Whether it's teaching others Torah, to awaken and to inspire them, whether it's helping people spiritually or physically, that's what bracha symbolizes. Bracha is overflowing. You want to share it. So excited, recognizing the privilege, and wanting to share. And number three, tova. What's tova? Shakobre abayis. You know what's good? What does Tov mean? I recognize that everything I have is good. And this is exactly what I need to have and what Hashem gives me. If it was good for me to have more, guess what? I would have more. I would have more. And if Hashem thought it would be good. Remember that story we quoted years ago? When the Chavetz Chaim was five years old, Yisrael Meir, they were playing with his friends. If you are Hashem, right? So they would say, so one of them says, yeah, if I was Hashem, I'd give money to that Almana. And if I was Hashem, I'd heal that person who needs a refuah. And they get to Yisrael Meir. said, if I was Hashem, I wouldn't change anything. Because if it was supposed to be changed, then it would have been changed. And ultimately, Hashem is the ultimate good. That's tov. That attitude of Hashem does what's good. Hashem does what's good. <coughs> and something needs to be changed. Hashem will change it. So this is what it means. If a person doesn't have an Isha, that means if he doesn't have a house, then he's not able. He's only focusing on himself at that time. But when you build a house, these are the three emphases that have to, that have to be done. Uh, simcha and Bracha and Tova. Guess what? Shvat. Shvat is Rashi Tevos, Simcha, Bracha, and Tova. When we get to Chodesh Shvat, this is the Yisod that the month teaches us. And Beishamai says, you want the tree to grow. Trees, Rosh Hashanah. So that's what Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Right, Rosh Chodesh Shvat. That's the, this is the month of Simcha, Bracha, and Tova. That's why Beishamai says, tonight, tonight is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. And that's Be'echad Bishvat. Rosh Hashanah Le'ilan. 
Right? Echad, mi'uchad. The husband and wife have to come together. What about Beis Hillel? Beis Hillel agrees to all of that. But also, on two bishvat. What's on two bishvat? Hamisha asar bishvat. Hamisha asar. The yud and the hay. As we know, the Gemara tells us, ish ve'isha, shechina shruya b'neihem. You have the yud in the ish, and the hay in the isha. Besides that, it'll be fire and burn up. But when you have the yud and the hay, so yud and hay is 15, two, two bishvat. Two bishvat, when you bring a Kaddish Baruch Hu into the picture, as the basis for your bracha, tova and simcha, so that's the basis, <coughs> that's the basis of everything. And then he goes into, <coughs> which we're not going to go through each of the details, how Mitzrayim tried to undermine each of these bases. Right? Mitzrayim tried to undermine the Jewish house. Base Yisrael. And he speaks about the, uh, the different elements, Afar, Mayim, Eish, Ruach, and he quotes from Rav Chaim Vital, which we're not going to go into, but he says Mitzrayim was ultimately against that. Ultimately against that. But they made Klal Yisrael forget those values. And that was the Kotzer Ruach and Avodah Kasha. They couldn't believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They couldn't think of a brighter day. They couldn't think of building Beis Yisrael because of Kotzer Ruach and Avodah Kasha that made them not be able to focus and appreciate Simcha Bracha and Tova. And that's the Kava Chomer. Paro didn't believe in it at all. He was anti. Of course he's not going to believe in these values and recognize the, the worth of Kla Yisrael going out. Right? It says on the left side, In B'nai Yisrael, Lo Shamu Machbashin is Gabriel and Klipas Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim just influenced them that they shouldn't have these values. Paro himself, the source of the Tumah, that for sure, um, he wasn't going to listen to. So in this month of Shvat, he ends off, he wrote Zon, this a month that we have to recognize the Simcha, the excitement and the privilege to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Be'ez the Bracha, the Ratzon to share, the Ratzon to be Mashpia, the Ratzon that we're not just in it for us. We're not in life for us. The goal of life, Reb Chaim Ivalajin writes this, his son quotes it in the Hagdamat and Nefeshachayim, the goal of life is to help someone else. The goal of our lives is to help someone else in some way. That's the goal. And, of course, Tova, to recognize that every situation that we're in, physical, spiritual, um, social, anything else, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, right? Even Klai Yisrael, we're going through such a difficult time right now, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. We believe and we feel and we know that there is a plan, and Bezrat Hashem, uh, that plan should come to fruition uh, very soon. Okay. <coughs> Moving right along. So we have, after the beginning, we have the list of the Shvatim again. The list of the Shvatim, at least some of the Shvatim. Ruvi, Shimon, and Levi. Because we want to give the background to Moshe and Aaron. So we have by Shani, Eila Rashi Beis Avosam, B'nei Reuven, Bechar Yisrael. And we go through all the family of Reuven. B'nei Shimon, Yemuel, Yamin, Oad, Yachin, Zohar. We go through all the B'nei Shimon. And then we have Eilish Mos B'nei Levi. We have all three Shvatim. He asks here in the Sefer Lehisani B'Sanugim, why by Ruvain, it says B'nei Ruvain, B'nei Shimon, and then it says Shemos B'nei Levi. It adds in the word Shemos. That word does not appear by Ruvain and Shimon, only by Levi. So here in source number 10, the Shlach Kodesh asked that Kasha. Ha Shlach 
extra word. What's the emphasis of the names? They were all the names. What's the emphasis of the names of B'nai Levi? Says the Shlach Kadosh. Shekivan Shevet Levi Lo Avdu B'Shibud Mitzrayim Ba'avodas Perech Levi, as we know, <coughs> did not take part in the Avoda. Moshe and Aaron went in and out as they pleased. They weren't in the Shibud, which is very interesting if you think about it. Mitzrayim wasn't the nicest, like, like why didn't they just like Mishabed Levi also? Hashgacha, but they weren't in the Shibud. Ratza Levi lehishtatev b'tzara satzibor. Levi wanted to to be more connected. Levi wanted to be mishtatev. What was it? Ma'asa kara shemos lebanav al shem hagalus. He called his children. They were in mishubid. Gershon gerim bears lolahem kahas. Shahayu Shinam Kehos, our teeth are falling out. Merari, it's bitter. Levi wanted to be connected as much as they can. So what they do? They name their kids. Gershon, Kahas, Merari. Because even if we're, a person is not going through a specific tsara at the time, we have to feel that we are going through a tsara. And Levi was Mishtatev. Mikan Yesh Lilmod. Sheesh Lishtatev Pitsara Tzibor. Gamemeyat Tsara Nogasli Love. Most of the time, it, it might end up. But again, that's something that every Jew in the world could feel today right now. Whether they live in Eretz Yisrael or they don't live. They don't live in Eretz Yisrael for sure. To somehow figure out a way to be connected. Figure out a way to to be mishtatef. B'tzar atzibur. Or somebody told me a story that uh, one of their uh, co-workers, one of their co-workers told them that um, he always used to walk to shul. With his, uh, I don't know, ten-year-old, twelve-year-old, um, and he he told his ten or twelve-year-old, he says there there are a number of many, there are many families that their father can't walk with them because they're in Aza, they're a miluim. Says I'm going to walk with you, and I want to be mishtatev, so we're going to walk separately. So I'm not saying that should be done, not that shouldn't be done, but but that's just somebody who had the attitude of he recognized that there are Jews in pain. And they want to feel some of the pain. And the great Gedolim who didn't sleep on a pillow all the years that the Jews... There are so many ways. Levi blamed his kids. Gershon Kasmarari. They weren't directly involved, but, but they made themselves. They made themselves part. Every Jew in the world. And I should say that, he says, even if the Tsar is not Nogea to you, the Tsar was Nogea to Levi. He wasn't Mishubid, but it was Nogea, and this Tsar is, is connected to every Jew in the world. Every Jew in the world, Rahman al-Atzlan. Because this is not a war just against the land of Israel, it's against the people of Israel, as we see throughout the world. All the friends of our enemies are coming out, and therefore we have to be Mishtatif together, and then be Zochet to a Yeshua together. He quotes a story from Rabbi Kivager, that uh, Rabbi Kivager one time had to go to a, to a, a, a town, we now know where Rabbi Vega was buried from the first story, Posen. Uh, but they, they were traveling the whole night, and of course that night, it was winter, it was snowing, it was freezing. And what happened in the middle of the, of the traveling, as they thought, as they thought might happen, one of the horses slipped, 
and fell into the ditch and fell into the mud. And he couldn't get out. And they were trying and trying and trying and he couldn't get out. So the Misharis, the Gabai of Rebekah Eger, goes out and for half an hour in the snow, in the mud, he's trying, he's pushing, he's... And finally, finally, after being soaking, he, he gets the he gets the horse out. Gets the horse out. Baruch Hashem. He's, he was in mud up to his knees. He finally comes onto the wa- up to the wagon. And Kivager says, here, here, here. As he gets onto the wagon, Kivager gives, he's giving him a pair of dry socks. He's like, oh, wow, you have socks. Great. So he takes off his shoes. He puts on dry socks. He's like, ah, you all know that feeling when your feet are wet and cold and you put on dry socks. Ah. Fine. They keep going. They get to the place in the, whatever, they go a couple hours later. And as they, uh, get off the wagon. The shamish helps her keep Eger off the wagon, and as he sees, as he gets off the wagon, he sees his pants go up. He sees he doesn't have any socks on. He says, "Where are your socks?" He says, "I gave them to you." He says, "Those were your socks." He says, "What? You're gonna sit? You're gonna sit with wet socks?" And then I'm, I'm gonna. He says, "I couldn't sit in dry with dry socks. If you didn't have, there's no way. There's no way I was gonna sit in dry socks when you had the soaking wet socks on. So I don't have any socks. That's okay." Rebekah is no sebaol. Ve'ele shmos b'nei Levi. Levi named his kids in order to be able to connect, to connect to the Tsar. Okay. We continue a couple of sukkim later. Again, we could talk about every pasuk here. A couple of sukkim later, after the list of all the shvatim are given, who Aharon Umoshe. One of the more famous chazals on the parsha, many, many pshatim given. Who Aaron Moshe says Rashi, Elushus Kudamalo. It has to repeat. It means these are the ones that I mentioned earlier. But it says Aaron before Moshe. Why? Because he's older. Yesh Makomo says Rashi, Shemaktam Aaron Moshe. For Yesh Makomo, Shemaktam Moshe Aaron. Switching. Lo Malacha, Sheshkulin Keechad. Teaching us that they are equal. Moshe and Aaron are equal. And the question, second Shlach Kadosh of the evening. The Ksav Sofer quotes the Shlach Kadosh and says, what are you talking about? They're equal. It's one of the Animamans. They're not equal. Moshe is different. Moshe is unique. There was never a Navi like Moshe. Because of Shahayazahart. So that's that's his question. So you might answer, maybe that's only in terms of Nevuah, he was different. But he was also he was Gadol. So the Shlakadur says, Oh, maybe he only became great, and that Animamin kicked in after Harsinai. Shahayazaharkach, Kishakibel Moshe Torah, Viachshav Shkulumayu. At this stage they were Shako, they were still equal. Say so yes, over one minute. If they were still equal at this time. So why was Moshe chosen as the one? Aaron was older. If they were really equal at this time, then Aaron should have been, Aaron was the Navi first, right? Aaron was a Navi before he was three years old, right? He was three when Moshe was born and he was a Navi before Moshe was born. So Miriam was a Navi before six years old. So Yadayin Kasha, Laman Bakr Hashem and Moshe, Lishalcho. If they were really equal before Harsinai, why did he choose Moshe? V'iniach Aaron, Shayagadami Manu Bishanim, and Moshe even said, Shlach Tishlach. Moshe says, choose Aaron. Sheragil Lishloach. Since Aaron was left out, Umidikashavik la Aaron. Alkain Moshe Godol Mimenu Bachachme. Must be Moshe was greater, so Tsarachiyim. Says the Ksav Sofer. Beautiful. Vitzir Venirli. Mitchilas Hashlichus Haya Aaron Pachas Bimenu. 
Really, Moshe was greater. Moshe reached... Okay, some give the shot. They were equal. They each fulfilled their potential. Okay, that's one shot. Here's another one. Really, Moshe was greater when the whole process started. And that's why Hashem chose Moshe at the Sneh. Aval, but then what happened? Moshe came back to Mitzrayim. And what's Aaron's reaction to his younger brother who hasn't been around in Mitzrayim all these difficult years? He was sitting pretty in Midian building a family. <coughs> what did Aaron do? He was not jealous at all. He was happy. He felt for Moshe. He was happy for him. He wasn't jealous. You know, this was his tafkid and this was his tafkid. He was a full team, a partner. Aaron was Sovel. That, Abba being Mizbaish, but that humility, that ability to allow a younger to be the center, that made Aaron great. And that's why now the Torah tells us Shkulin. Okay, maybe Moshe got greater again at Harsinai. But Moshe was chosen, but now they're a team. But the fact that Aaron didn't get, wasn't jealous, didn't get upset, he knew it was all a covered Hashem. That made him. That made him as great as Moshe. V'zeo Sha'amar on line 9. Hu Aaron Moshe. Haim Hamedabrim. Hu Moshe Aaron. Shkulin are you. Achsha Be'esha Olchu Bishlichus. When they went. When they went Bishlichus together. Says that, that's what makes Aaron great. What makes a person great? When they are Mavra Amidosav. What makes a person great? When we let things slide. When we recognize who we are and who our friends are and what our place is supposed to be and we can let other people be in the center. That's what made Aaron great. Okay. So we have some of the Mechashvim. We have the stories of the Osos, Perak Zion. Pasuk tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu starts doing the magic and one of the first signs is the stick. What happens? Moshe and Aaron come to Paro, and Aaron throws down his stick. They also did it. Why does it say the word gam twice? Ezra Schwab, what's the Torah trying to emphasize here? What's it trying to emphasize? And he also notes that the Torah feels the need to say that after Aaron made his stick into a snake, they made their sticks into snakes, and then, and the Torah adds, Aaron Says Rav Schwab, that's the key to understand. What's the gam, the gam? Paro, Rav Schwab notes here, was doing exactly what Moshe did. Right? Did Moshe. Hashem told Moshe to tell Aaron. Paro tells his avadim to say to his mechashtim. He's trying to be, that's the gam. Also this, also that, exact, parallel. Because you're magic, you're doing magic, I'm doing magic. Says Rashwab. 
Line 11. So he also did. To parallel the actions. But we know the Kishof of Mitzrayim was temporary, was sleight of hands, was magic. It wasn't real. Had no, it wasn't real, it was temporary. Nothing is forever. Nothing has an inherent change. It just looks like a change. How do you know that? How do you know that what the Mitzrayim did was temporary, Aaron Aaron did was permanent, a permanent change in the essence of the stick because of the end? After a few minutes, what happened? The sticks of Mitzrayim turned back to sticks. And what did Aaron's stick do? Swallowed up the sticks of the Mitzrayim. What did that show them? This is for real. And this is permanent. Aaron's stick is no longer a stick. It's a live stick. It's a live stick. I'm now I'm lying on the left side now. You can't be always. To teach us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Netzach. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is forever. And that's and that's what Rav Schwab ends off by quoting the Gemara in Shabbos. Truth, kushtakoi. Something is true, it lasts forever. Shikra lokoi. Sheker, falsehood, does not last. Okay, there's so much more here. Seven of the Makkas, but let's just do one more Pasuk. One more Pasuk, one more thought. Based on the wording and one letter even. Pasuk tells us in Paraches Pasuk Yutes, Regarding Aro, regarding uh, Arov, the wild animals, by Shishi, Visamti Fidus, I will place a redemption and even a separation between my nation and your nation. Visamti Fidus, a separation. Rashi says, Sheyavdil, If you look in the Torah Ladas, one of the Rabbi Bloom's Svarim, he quotes the word fidus appears three times. Our pasik, right? fidus ben ben and the pasik in Tehillim, pidus shalach la'amo, and the pasik that we know from the Shira Malzmi Mamakim, ki Hashem achesed vaharbeimo fidus, vaharbeimo fidus. So um, says the quotes from the Yetiv Panim. Not sure who that is. He quotes. If you notice, in the first two psukim, in our Pasuk, and in the Pasuk of Tehillim, Pidus is spelled without a Vav. It's spelled Chaser. In Tehillim, Ki Hashem HaChesed, Vaharbeimo Fidus. Male. So he says, what's the secret of these psukim? The Pasuk says in Yeshayo, Yisrael no Shab Hashem, Yisrael B'nai Yisrael will be saved by Hashem, Teshua Solamim. An eternal salvation. What does that mean? When Hashem Himself gets involved in our geula, then it will be an eternal geula. As long as He's not directly involved, it's not going to be eternal. There's going to be another shivud. But if Hashem is involved, eternal geula. Geulos habos them If human beings are involved, ena miskaimos. It's not going to be forever. And that's the Misor. Vesamti Fidus. Our Pasuk Fidus. Fidus Nechtava Chaser Vav. Right? The Mitzrayim was Chaser. There's going to be a Gulas Mitzrayim, but there's going to be another Shebut after that. 
There's going to be other Goliaths. Why? Because of the second Pasik, Pidus Shalach Lamo, Hashem sent. He sent the messenger. It wasn't direct Tashkacha. And that's why there's going to be other Shibudim. But, when we say this to Hillim, Kiim Hashem Achesed, if Hashem is going to be directly involved, so then, Vaharbei Mofidus Malay, with above. Because then there's going to be ultimate, full, permanent Pidus, permanent redemption, and that would be a Geula Shlema. So in this Parsha, right, in this Parsha, we have the first Pidus, Referenced the fidus, the redemption of Mitzrayim, which was not a permanent redemption. It was not permanent. But many, many shuls are saying to Hillim, hopefully every shul is saying extra to Hillim, extra bakashas. And many say this paragraph, right? We could have kavana. If Hashem is the one that does it, then that fidus will be plentiful and that fidus will be forever. Yehirat Zon, that it should be so very soon, an ultimate fidus that we have for all of Am Yisrael.